welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we are going to be talking all about the Vault of the Ancients. That's right. We got the latest patch coming in in September, and there is a ton of news to go over, so let's not wait. First up on today's docket, let's dive into the biggest thing that I think a lot of people are having fun with, and that is dogs. That's right, dogs. Now, I know I just said this is the Vault of the Ancients update, but really, dogs are the one pet that has been missing in the game since its inception, since we were thinking about pets in general. Obviously, we got the birds and the uh, monkeys to begin with, and then we had the cats, but dogs had always been on the miss. There was something that we were expecting at some point, maybe, hopefully, uh, I think December was the first time we got a little bit of a tease when we got the um the the christmas carol and had the uh the reference to dogs in there and uh now it's in you know it took it took some time but we finally got dogs in the one thing that i will say about the dogs that i'm kind of disappointed about is that there aren't any huskies or corgis uh kind of a shame on that one because those are my two favorite breeds but we did get three breeds in here. So we got the, um, so I'm, I'm going to try and pronounce this. I've never actually heard this word, but uh, Alstian is, I think, the way it's called. I've never heard of this breed until I looked it up, and it turns out that we just call them German Shepherds in America. So that's probably how I'll refer to them in this episode. But Alsatian or Alstian, I don't know. But uh, apparently this is an English uh, word that was used in or is used in the uh, UK. Uh, And I guess it started after the First World War until 1977 when its name was changed back to German Shepherd for most breed recognition or recognition. Uh, That's according to Wikipedia, but we all know how how accurate Wikipedia can be. So on top of the German Shepherd, we got the Whippet, which is uh, kind of think of a greyhound, but just a, a medium sized dog, a smaller version of a greyhound and an Inu or a Shiba Inu. Inu is what I, I usually call them. I don't know if any of these are being pronounced properly because I am not a dog person. I am a kitty cat person. So for me, the the Inu is the, the one that I'm generally the most common or like most used to seeing on the internet a lot of people seem to really like that breed i just call them bread dogs so i don't know they just the when the the orange and white they just look like bread bread to me i don't know why but we got five different variants in each of the different three breeds so you've got you got some options in there uh if you want to go with the the German Shepherd, you've got Stalwart, Saddleback, Russet, Domino, and Snowy, which is a tan, uh, the the kind of a brownish, and then the copper, black and white, and then a white one. You've got the Whippets, which are streaked, which are a white and taupe, uh, Silverfooted, which are black and white, Redback, which is a copper color, a Fawn, which is a brown tan, and then Ashpaw, which is white. And then the Inus, you've got Smoky, which is a white and taupe, uh, Mudraker, which is a tan and black, uh, Cottonball is a light brown, and then Coral, which is an oral and or orange and white, which is kind of the, the bread dog, and then Chocolate, which is, of course, just brown. So if you'd like to check out these breeds, uh, they're available in the Emporium. They are $4.99 ancient coins uh, each, and that is going to vary in your region, depending on what the currency exchange is for you. So if you're looking for those, um, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, On top of that, 
if you guys are looking to get a, a dog on the, uh, if, you, if you're looking to get a deal on them, I guess is just going to say it instead of trying to come up with some weird phrase for it. Uh, there are some store bundles. So you can actually pick up the Dog Days bundle. In the US, it's $17. Uh, that bundle is going to contain uh, 1,000 ancient coins, uh, an Inu, a Whippet, and a an, uh, German Shepherd with the Bilge Rat uh, outfit for each of those, as well as a bonus of 25,000 gold. There's also the Bilge Dog dun- Bundle, Dundle, and that's uh, that's only $10 in the US. Uh, different regions are gonna have different cha- ex- or currency exchanges on this. And that has the Bilge Dog uh, Bundle that has 550 ancient coins. You get the Bilge Rat Cutlass, the hat, the jacket, the shirt, the trousers, and the sails. And the Enu Dog, with the bilge rat outfit and a bonus of 10,000 gold. So those are a couple good ways if you were looking to get a, a puppers uh, or a doge in Sea of Thieves. Those are some good ways. And you can pet them. So, you know, rest assured that you can indo- indeed enjoy your pupper. And I've seen a lot of people putting some photos up of some cute doggies on on the, the seas and stuff. So really glad to see that. Um, in the Emporium, just to kind of move along with the Emporium and what we got this, this update, there is a free emote for the dog dance. So if you have the the Kraken emote and you got the cat emote and you got the other emotes, the shark emote and stuff, if you go into the Emporium right now during this this update, you will be able to pick up the dog dance emote, which um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't really... I don't really want to dive too much into it, but the Hunter's Call has emotes as well. It's four sets of uh, of emotes, and some of them actually have some some daggers involved, which is uh, kind of cool. Remember how we got the uh, Hunters of the Shrouded Ghost event, and we were able to pick up those those four pieces of the livery set, four out of the seven. Well, we just got a really cool thing in the Emporium. Remember how I was talking a while back about how I wish that you could pick up the rest of the bundle uh, of, of the ship liveries uh, kind of on cheap? Well, they did it. They went ahead and did it. So if you guys uh, go into the Emporium for a limited time, I want to stress that this is a limited time offer. You can go into the Emporium and pick up the Cannon Capstan and Wheel for 899 Ancient Coin. And that is actually cheaper than if you were to have to buy those independently. So if you want to round out your Shrouded Ghost Hunter livery livery set, this is going to be the easiest way to do that. And this is going to be the cheapest way to make sure that you don't uh, have to pay full price for each of those pieces after this update. So that is time limited. Make sure you pick that up if you haven't thought about it. And the collector's figurehead for this is is pretty good. It's not a, a big change on what we actually have. It's three harpoons instead of one standard one and then deliveries uh the the sales themselves are pretty nice the one thing that did come in the emporium that was something i really wasn't expecting uh was the shrouded ghost hunter costume and blunderbuss so recently we got the um costume for the the ruby splash tail and i i did not like it i don't like it i don't think it looks good but it's one of those things where it's just not for me you know i i don't think it looks good but that doesn't mean that you don't have to think it looks good or you you can think whatever you want i'm i'm not saying that you have to think anything but i will say that the costume for the shrouded ghost hunter is actually pretty cool 
Uh, it, you're very pale. You you look like you're you're pretty much like straight out of the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Dead Man's Chest. You look like you're one of Davy Jones' crew, and it's it shows because uh, I I was just trolling around on Twitter this weekend, and I saw that Fish Hook Cook uh, ended up getting some crewmates together to recreate one of the scenes from the film, and it actually included a shot from the film as a, a composition comparison for the costumes. How do you like that illiteracy? And uh, it looks great. I'm going to have a link to that in the show notes so you guys can take a look and see how they introduced uh, not only the Ruby Splash Tail, but the uh, Shrouded Ghost Hunter costume, as well as the Barnacle set. Um, and of course, a couple Kraken sets as well, too. So the Inky Kraken and the standard Kraken outfits. And it looks great. It looks really cool. It looks like something that belongs in Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's kind of fun to see that, you know, it's fun to see people kind of create that, that look. And, and it just, it, it, funny enough, it makes me think that it would be great to have a ship where you could have, you know, six or seven people on a galleon being able to work around, you know, I would, I would love to see if there was a server, a custom server where you could assign more than just four crew members to a ship and have them tied in. And then, you know, you would probably have like maybe just four or five uh galleons on the server as opposed to like the full six and then that way the the rest of the people would just be spread out al- across those other crews and that way you could you could really see some interesting uh some interesting fights on the seas if you just had fewer ships but you had more crew members per ship and you know you can kind of recreate this with uh within the game already but if the people that aren't on the crew die then they end up spawning on their old ship it'd be kind of nice if there was a way that you could kind of anchor them to the ship somehow uh just to kind of play around with this at least in a custom server where you know really what you're trying to do is just have fun you're not really in it for the gold or or the uh, reputation or the commendations you're just in it to kind of play around and have some fun with that and that's kind of what i'm looking forward to with the custom servers is just trying to piece together some of these things and have some fun with them the the blunderbuss for this is actually really cool um i'm I'm expecting that we'll probably see more pieces of this shrouded ghost hunter set come to to the game somehow the blunderbuss uh just has a couple spears that are kind of attached to the end of it and it actually is one of the more aggressive looking blunderbusses uh or blunderbuss i or bussy i don't know how you would pronounce uh, a blunderbuss plural except just blunderbusses but it looks good uh the the bone crusher one is i think the one that looks about as uh, aggressive as this one does maybe you guys have a, a good idea of what kind of blunderbusses look aggressive to you and you like um that's it as far as i'm concerned for the pirate emporium always there's going to be a bunch of stuff in there that i'm not addressing so just make sure that you get in there and get a chance to to take a look and see what's going on with uh with the game um i did want to take a moment to kind of point out since we're talking about the emporium for this update that october is coming up that is breast cancer awareness month it is very near and dear to my heart i would love it if rare could take a moment maybe work out with uh work with that 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 uh, organization and see if we can get some more charity sales in the game um it's been a while since we've had any kind of charity event in sea of thieves as far as like being able to purchase uh costumes or, or liveries or sales in particular maybe something that isn't liveries maybe something that was more of a costume that would kind of uh promoted this if it's just a full pink set or something like that you know let's get a little interesting uh discussion going on around like what kind of charity events 
uh, we could have in game that help kind of support some of the organizations that definitely wouldn't would would benefit from gamers helping to support them uh, regardless of what the the actual organization is. Well, maybe not regardless. Let's let's keep it within reason. But you know what I mean. Um, moving on. All right, pirates, we're back, and I wanted to dive into the Vault of Ancients because these are some of the best things that I love about Sea of Thieves. These are the the times where you're put to a task and you have agency in it, and there's a reward, but the reward is solely based on how much you can achieve in it. It gives you a sense of accomplishment whenever you complete a vault. Um, So with Flameheart unleashing even more powerful servants onto the Sea of Thieves, The gold hoarders have lost faith in the security of their gold-filled treasure vaults. Only the most trusted adventurers are tasked with tracking down the hidden vault keys and bringing them home to the hoarders, or going out and finding the locks they open. This is really cool. This gives you agency. I love it. If you are looking into the vault, uh, the, the vault of ancients, this is this is something that I think is a really great way to repurpose the puzzle vaults from Tall Tales. So recently we've had the Order of Souls get a new voyage in the form of ghost ship fleets. It tied in with a flame heart event and it became a regular thing that we can summon on our own. I love that. Gives me an option when I'm going out hunting for skeletons. I don't have to just go smack skeletons for days on end dealing with snipers and all that stuff. Well, we don't have snipers anymore, but you know, you got flintlock pistols, which is pretty much sniper territory as far as I'm concerned. And you can go out and you can work on your uh, skeleton to, you know, you can work on your seamanship uh, and, and fighting with cannons uh, and cannonade and all that fun jazz. And and now with uh, the gold hoarders, we have a bit of that tall tale bled into, into our daily routines as well. Now, now we can actually go and the gold hoarders that are using these vaults of ancient for caches, for, for cash drops, for caches like C-H-C-H-E, uh, and, and keeping their gold and, and treasure there. But now they have realized that there's uh, more threats out in the seas. There are bigger minions out there for Flameheart to go out and get treasure. I don't know why he needs treasure. I'm not really going to look into it, but Seems like he's trying to fund out the uh, the Reaper's Bones, which is fine. We'll figure that out later on, I'm sure. But the goal of this is that the gold hoarders are asking us to find the keys to these vaults that they have set up. Uh, they no longer feel like their keys are safe, and they want to have us bring back the keys. However, being that we are pirates, they understand that there is a risk and reward in employing pirates to do this. The thing that I really love about this is it gives you the build up for a quest. Now, a long time ago, uh, I can't remember how long it goes, I wanted to bring to the game uh, a voyage that started if you picked up an Order of Souls mission or a a mission from a skeleton uh, captain that you found on the beach and he would give you uh, a quest. He would he would tell you about a story of where he put some treasure, and then he would give you the the tools that you need to go out, and you'd be rewarded as you went along this this uh, voyage, and get different bits of treasure as you went along. Eventually, leading you towards a big hall. So if you progressed but you had to stop, then at least you could get the treasure that you got as, or you could take the treasure that you got along the way and turn that in and just kind of forfeit the gold at the end this is that this is that 
but pot put together with the tall tail vault system that I absolutely love. Now, I will say there are a few things that I was frustrated about when I was first doing these and first kind of learning how they work. And thanks to Twitter and reaching out to some of the devs, I had I, it was it was explained to me uh, like like Lucy do. And I had a really good time since then playing around with these because now that I understand the rules of engagement, I can address the uh, task at hand a lot better. So what are puzzle vaults? Well, the gold hoarders are making use of the ancient puzzle vaults due to the increased activity. How do you get this? Uh, well, for now, during the event, you can talk to the representative, the build rat representative in the taverns. Um, if you don't, then you can head over to the gold hoarders. And as long as you're rank 25, you can actually get this voyage. And this voyage does scale with your reputation level. So if you're rank 25, you're going to be getting a lower level, lower quality key to this treasure vault. They're not going to trust you as much as they would if you were rank 75. Now, if you're rank 75 and you buy a voyage from the gold hoarders, you're going to be getting the best voyage the best treasure vault voyage that you can be offered so if you plan on doing this uh starting off with the voyage the gold hoarders are going to be giving you a golden wayfinder compass now this compass if you have done the wild rose uh, uh tall tale you'll be very very familiar with that this works very much like Jack Sparrow's compass in Pirates of the Caribbean. It will point you in the direction where you want to go to get treasure. So there's going to be some waver on the needle for the compass. The smaller the sway is in that needle, the closer you are to treasure. And it's going to be fairly wide when you start because it's going to point you in the general direction of the island you need to go to. Once you get to the island, it's going to start swaying less it's going to it's going to, to teeter back and forth in a smaller angle it, to the point where it'll eventually just be pointing you directly to where you need to go until you hit the spot and when you hit the spot you'll know because the needle on the compass will actually spin very quickly the faster it spins the closer to the dig location you are and once you dig up in that location what you're going to find is a golden rum bottle and inside that bottle, you're going to find a piece of a map, a map that you would normally find if you were grabbing an orders or a gold hoarder voyage that had a bunch of X marks of spots on it. However, because this is for a cache of gold, they want to make sure that they secure the key to this in a fashion that is a little harder to find than just giving you a straight voyage for it. So you're going to have pieces of this voyage. And each bottle you dig up is going to reveal a different part of the map. And eventually, you'll have the entire map plus the dig location. Now, here's where I love this. Because two things happen when you dig up this map. One, you'll get the rum bottle and you accept it any, any, just as if it were a message in a bottle. And you'll pop up with a piece of the treasure map. And that on that map, it'll actually show you part of the island so most of the time it'll show you part of the island and this is where if you are an experienced player you can find out what island it is just by the small portion of island that'll show sometimes it's a little harder than others to find but it nonetheless experienced pirates can generally pick out the island fairly quickly and if you get the part of the island or the part of the map that actually has the x marks the spot on it 
that's it. You're done. You don't have to go dig up the other pieces of the map to complete that part of the voyage. You can go directly to that island and dig up that gold, that that chest, that key. And that's what I love. I love the reward for for experienced pirates to know like they only have to see part of an island and they can pick it out and be like, oh, that's Crook's Hollow or oh, that's Devil's Ridge or oh, that's Snake Island. They don't need to have the whole image to understand what they have to do. They already know what they're going for. They just need to know exactly where it is. And once they get that X, they are set. And I absolutely love the shortcut. It's it's something similar to the Shroud Breaker tall tale when you would do the Shroud Breaker and it gave you the journal entries of, of uh, Ramsey's ship being chased by the burning blade and you trying to figure out where the path was before they cast off the chest into the waters to, to, to ditch it and, and get rid of the key to the Shroud Breaker vault. All you had to do was read that once plot it out in your mind or maybe on a map if you weren't as as secure in your knowledge of the map and go directly to that island you didn't have to sail over to the first island and then plot the course along the path following the journal entries you knew exactly where to go and it rewarded people who were familiar with the map who were familiar with the game and the islands and where they had to go and what side it would be on and i love that I love rewarding people for the knowledge that they've obtained because in Sea of Thieves, where we don't have power creep, we don't have any, well, we kind of have power creep. That's a totally different episode that I don't need to get into right now. But in a horizontal power grid uh, or power game where we don't have levels that increase how powerful we are, knowledge is power which sounds straight out of World of Warcraft. If you know what I'm talking about, I didn't even intend that, so I apologize. Um, But with this knowledge, you can go and shortcut the rest of this voyage. You don't have to go dig up the other golden rum bottles. And that's what I appreciate. Once you get over there and you get where you get to the point where you can dig up the actual chest, you're going to find that in the chest usually is some gold, maybe a trinket, but there's going to be a key. And here's where you get the the interesting part with the key, because the key is, in fact, just a vault key. No different than uh, what you would find if you're going around working on tall tales. The catch is there are three qualities to this key. If you've been playing the game, you're already familiar with this, so you don't really have to think about it too hard. But there are a stone, silver and gold key and each key value determines how much gold you're going to get for it if you decide to turn it into the gold hoarders or if you decide to open up the vault. So if you get a stone key and you go to the vault, the vault won't have very much in the way of scaffolding or expensive chests or big piles of gold. But if you get a gold key, then you're going to find yourself presented with a vault that has a lot of scaffolding and you'll have to traverse that scaffolding if you want to hope to get all of the treasure out of it and you're going to want to try and get all that treasure out because in there are medallions and the medallions are what help get you to the chest of the ancient tribute now before i get too much too much deeper into this i did want to remind you that your reputation matters on these keys it isn't random except if you're talking to the Bildrat representative. And I'll get into who that is and why it's important later on in the episode. But if you get a free voyage from the Bildrat representative in the tavern, that is a uh, reputation-free 
voyage. So you could get a stone, you could get a silver, you could get a gold. There's RNG based on that. But if you get one from the gold hoarders, that's where it's going to depend on what type of key you get. So if you're 75, you should always be getting a gold key. You might get a silver every once in a while. Similar to if you do a regular gold hoarder voyage, sometimes you're going to find those those marauders. Sometimes you're going to find those castaways. And it feels weird. It doesn't quite make sense, but that's kind of how RNG works. But the value should be roughly within a certain certain bracket. I don't know what the brackets are, but you know, there's a there's an estimated value that they've programmed into the game, I'm sure. And in those values or or how you're going to work it out. Kind of like if you if you defeat certain types of threats in the world, you know, if you do. If you do a, a, an ancient terror, you're, I gener- maybe that maybe it's just my anecdotal evidence, but I tend to get a lot more from an ancient terror or a shadow ma than a crested queen or a hungering one. So if the shrouded ghost existed, I'm sure it'd probably drop a lot of treasure as well, too. Okay, pirates. Sorry, I, I had to take a quick sip there, so I wanted to take a quick break. Uh, with the treasure vaults, this is actually where I actually really love these. The treasure vaults are exactly what I want out of something that came from Sea of Thieves uh, Tall Tales. So it pulls all of the best elements from the Tall Tale from like the Shroud Breaker and puts them into a repeatable voyage. So I get rewarded more than just like the, the what is it, 3,000 gold, I think it is, for completing a standard tall tale now. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've done them, so forgive me on that one. But inside the treasure vaults, and, and depending on the level that you have, you're going to run into three different things in there on top of the scaffolding. The scaffolding is going to be your means to getting all of this, but you're going to find three different types of treasure in the treasure vaults. The first one is the gold piles, and these are going to vary depending on the quality of the key that you use to get inside of it. Uh, The second one are going to be chests and trinkets, and those are going to be littered around the room. So best uh, thing I can recommend is try to do this with other people if you can. I ran and did this uh, solo the first couple nights, and I had a heck of a time trying to get as much as I could because I just hadn't set the timing up for it. I just wasn't quite sure how long it took. So one thing that I will say is that the the chests and the trinkets were kind of on my first priority list after the medallions. And I'll get into the medallions in a second here, but the, the chests and trinkets really kind of um, made me feel like I was going to get the most value of them because those were the things that were going to help increase my emissary reputation at the time. And if you go for just the straight gold, there's a benefit to this because you don't lose out on the gold. You get the gold immediately. You don't have to worry about going back and turning it in or losing it to a a PVE event or PVP ship or anything like that. You already get the gold. It's right there in your pocket. You don't miss out on it. You don't lose it even if you die. The chests and trinkets, however, are susceptible to increased value with the emissaries. Now, I hadn't I didn't check to see if the gold piles uh, give you increased gold as well, because the, the one time that I did get some gold piles, I wasn't running on an emissary. Or I imagine that you're probably going to have this um, fairly easily or you're, you're not going to have to worry about um, doing this with other people and not getting a lot of this. One person could work on moving stuff. One person could work on picking up gold piles and the other person can work on getting gold medallions. So the gold medallions, the, the medallions that you can find around the room. The interesting thing to these is that these will actually glint a lot brighter 
than the regular piece of the treasure. And that's something that I didn't notice until I went and actually read uh, up on this a little bit more. And I went to Rare Thief to, to check and see what they had going on about it. And they actually had a pretty good video about this as well, too. So uh, kudos to them for for cluing me in on this because I, I was unaware or didn't notice when I was actually playing through this. But they will glint a little bit brighter than regular pieces of treasure. These are scattered around and uh, Picarune is notorious for finding weird places to stick uh, medallions and journals like that is his bag like it when when someone needs something hidden in sea of thieves that is not obviously placed in a in a spot but if you just kind of like if you kind of tilt your head and look around a, a a piece of structure you'll see it that's picarune he is the one that is constantly placing these things so what i will say about the medallions they're not going to be hidden underneath uh treasure and they're not going to be hidden in gold piles. I found that out pretty quickly when I was playing through this and I hadn't looked into it any. I just kind of went blind into the situation and kind of felt around to see like what was going on with the vaults when I got to them. So I missed out on a lot of treasure when I was first doing this because I was just trying to understand the parameters that I was operating in. And I definitely got frustrated at one point because I didn't understand what was going on and I didn't have an explanation as to what was going on. Since talking to other people and talking to the devs about this, I have a much better understanding of the vaults themselves, and it's much less uh, frustrating and far more exciting to jump in there and actually have fun with these. So with the medallions, you're going to find three of these in the room. Each one of them you're going to have to put into the uh, pedestal, the one that has the torches. You don't have to worry about the torches. That's not part of the puzzle. But you do have to find the three medallions. Now, the three medallions are going to reveal keystones or, or icons on the table that coincide with the left, left or uh, the the far left, the second left, and the first or, or the 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 first three from going from left to what's a good way to say this? There's going to be four pillars in the room, and the first three going from left to right as you're looking towards the where you put the medallions are going to be the icons that are represented on the table so the first one's going to show you the far less left and then work right from there i keep saying this i need to stop uh with the four columns you have to coincide the icon on the table with the one that is on the block so you've got uh four pillars four squares per pillar so 16 different combinations uh, that you can work out on that. If I'm doing the math right, I'm probably not, but that's okay because I'm a pirate. I'm not a mathematician. And once you have the first couple, uh, you, you you really cut back on the number of combinations that you can have on that. And you can generally suss out what the rest of the combination is going to be. Here's the trick though. The medallions take care of the first three pillars. The fourth pillar is going to be a combination of the first three but orientation matters. So if you see some chain links on the image and you go over to the pillar that coincides with that image and you turn it so that it represents chain links, if the chain links on the image on the table are horizontal and you use chain links on the pillar that are vertical, that will not count. And that will actually factor into the fourth pillar because the pillar will, will have to represent chain links that are representative of the icon. 
So if the icon says horizontal, then you go over to the third pillar and you change the third pillar so that the chains say uh, or the chains are horizontal. And on the fourth pillar, you want to look for the one that includes all of the different parts of the other three pillars in order. So if it's a lock and key or a key and a lock, then you want to make sure that it has the lock and the key and not the key and the lock or vice versa, depending on what you get. It is very interesting. It took me three uh, puzzle vaults to get to the point where I could see how to work out the last pillar. And once I had it, I was set. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I just had to execute properly on it. And the reason for that is because these are timed. You have three minutes to get as much out of these vaults as you possibly can. And the reason that you want to go for the medallions is because inside you're going to find a chest of ancient tributes that is hiding behind the stone slab that you would normally find the shroud breaker or parts of the shroud breaker behind. Now, here's the thing that upset me. When I was actually playing through this, it was the first time. I didn't play any of it on Insiders. I hadn't tested any of this. This was my first go through of it, trying to work it out. In Tall Tales, you get locked into the vaults. And the only way to escape them is to complete the puzzle or defeat the skeletons, one or the other. So my understanding of how these treasure vaults worked was that once I grabbed the chest of ancient tributes, that would fix the vault. I would, it would open up the door, the water would stop pouring in, wouldn't be an issue. That is not the case. These vaults shut and then they fill with water very rapidly and they drowned you very rapidly. So you want to make sure that you get out of the vault with as much as you can in that three minutes. Now, 10 seconds before the three minutes is up, you'll have the door slowly uh, closing. Now, this, this usually takes about 30 seconds uh, based on, so about 40 seconds before the, um, before the vault closes, you'll start to hear the door slowly close and that'll close until a certain point. When it hits the halfway point, it stops and then it'll shake very rapidly for about 10 seconds and then it will slam shut. So if you get to the point where you are in the vault and you see that the door is closing, you get to the point where the door stops midway and it starts to shake. If you want to live with whatever you've got in your hands, you got to get out. You just have to get out. You got 10 seconds to get out. Um, that was something that I was not expecting. That is something that I actually really like because it, it rewards those who pay attention to the time, but it also punishes you if you're too lax on the situation. And I appreciate that. The interesting thing about this is that because this is a change from the Shroud Breaker, I had to change up my perception on what to expect with these. And that was a failing on my part because I was expecting it to work the way Tall Tales work. And I didn't think about the fact that this is a new event, that they're willing to change the mechanics of this. And I can't just rely on my experience alone to get me through situations. Sure. My experience is going to help me, but I have to be willing to think outside the box. I have to be willing to expect the unexpected. And this was a situation where I was frustrated at myself because the first time the door slammed shut, I managed to grab the chest and nothing stopped. I died in, the, I died in that vault 
with the chest of ancient tributes in my hand. And I kept going around trying to find the key or light the lanterns or hit the button in the back of the vault. I tried everything I possibly could to get that the, the vault to stop filling with water and to open the door. And it just didn't. And that was the problem where I had the, the mindset of expecting it to work like a tall tale. These are not tall tales. These are treasure vaults. I didn't respect the fact that Rare is willing to change the mechanics to force me to stay agile with how these things work. So since that, I am now looking towards future events, thinking anything they implement, if it may resemble a trap or a vault or an AI threat or anything that's in the game existing, I cannot assume that it operates exactly the way it operates in its previous form. I have to expect that it will be changed, freshened up, tweaked, something done to it to make it just a little bit different than what we already have in the game. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Hey there, my name's Jameson or Big Cat. And I am Brenna or Mother Goose. And together we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Next up on today's docket, let's dive into the happenings on in the tavern. See, we got the new update and as a result, someone is not at the tavern. And I'm kind of happy about this because he's gone. Duke the Dark Lord is ousted from the tavern. He is no longer lounging about doing absolutely nothing except making us pay exorbitant amount of prices for cosmetics that should rightfully be put in with the rest of the actual outpost vendors. And unfortunately, it wasn't his choice. It was actually Lorena's choice. And Lorena is, if you don't know, the head of the Bilge Rats. She is actually from the Athena's Fortune novel written by Chris Alcock, and he has uh, given her an opportunity to really shine. And in fact, the, the Rare team has decided that she is going to be a prominent person in Sea of Thieves now, and I couldn't be happier because she is a great character. She's really fleshed out. She's been through some crazy stuff, uh, including with the Gold Hoarder. And she, to me, is the true spirit of what uh, a quote-unquote bilge rat would be. She is the one that is all about just living that life, uh, that pirate adventure, without any kind of cares about gold or doubloons or order of souls, any of that. None, none of that matters. In fact, she is so against uh, tying herself to any one group that she has declined 
the uh, right or the title of pirate legend from Ramses. And that's saying a lot considering how much uh, how much they've been through together, the friends that, that, that they've made, the friends that they've lost. And it's cool to see that they finally brought her to the game. It's so awesome that she's finally in the game. And I couldn't be happier that she is now the person at the tavern. I am not too happy in, in this case that they have still not taken the bilge rat uh, black market and dismantled it. Obviously, that was one of the main reasons why Lorena kicked Duke out of the tavern and sent him packing. Uh, he had become boring and stale, not really living up to the bilge rat um, mythos or, or, or uh, code, right? However you want to speak to it. And as a result, um, Duke, the Dark Lord, is now over at Laguna Whispers helping Umbra. Uh, Umbra's over there kind of teaching him how to do things, and he's learning how to write from Catherine. Uh, and he he's not quite gone, but I think that this has kind of shown some of what I've seen for a very long time. So if you don't know, you can head over to Laguna Whispers where he's hanging out with Umbra and he has been learning to journal. He's been live journaling for a while and he's starting to learn words like the and in dark. And it's interesting to see what he has to say. It seems like there's a lot of resentment towards Stitcher Jim, but not for the reasons that you think. Uh, it seems like he's actually upset with Jim because Jim had released uh the, the had been trying to help um flameheart come to power in fact it's it's interesting because one of his journals says that now that he's on his own he's learning to write and he says that uh he would put stitcher jim in stitches and hang him up by a tree if he could and that he didn't want Lorena to know about the black market because he is taking gold and selling goods underneath the, the noses of the uh, trade companies and sometimes with their help. But he realizes what was going on. He knows what he was doing. He knows that the Reaper's chests were no good. And it's interesting because he is basically saying that he might join the Reapers, that the Reapers have probably approached him and that he's considering joining the Reapers bones. Now, this is all power for the course in my mind. In my mind, this dude is barely learning how to write uh, in, in our language because he's so used to writing in skeleton ruins. Why else would he ask for relics and chests that are written and marked in skeleton ruins if he can't read what they're about? Obviously, it seems like a weird thing for us to be going out and getting. He's wanted us to destroy mermaid statues for some reason. We don't know why or who, who made the mermaid statues in the first place, but he wants to destroy them. And in my mind, anyone that is that destructive without any cause is chaos. And that is what uh, darkness feeds on. They feed on chaos. And I just can't see anything that Dark the Duke the Dark Lord asking us to do is going to have any positive outcome. Sure, we'll have a monetary game, but it's clear that he is sending us out to go do things that are very, very uh, pushing towards his agenda because he has this black market. Again, the Dark Lord has a black market and he's charging us 
pricing for these cosmetics that, you know, for all intents and purposes should be rightfully to the trade company. So I really, I, I'm glad to see that he's gone. I'm glad to see that Lorena or Lorena, who's more of a true to nature, a true build trance, someone that I trust in the Sea of Thieves, someone that other people trust in the Sea of Thieves is finally coming into the mix and recognizing that Duke needs to be ousted. He needs to be pushed away. He needs to be uh, taken out or he's going to start causing more and more havoc. If you don't remember, this was all because of, of, of Duke. Everything that has been going on with uh, the, 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 the Captain Flameheart coming back with the chests, with the relics, with everything, that was all because of Duke. Duke set us on this path and Stitcher Jim had helped influence him, taught him about Flameheart, and then pushed us to go out and do this stuff to bring Flameheart back. If it wasn't for Stitcher Jim and Duke, we would not be having to deal with Captain Flameheart right now. We would not be having to deal with uh, Wanda, the masked stranger. And it's sure been cool that we've been having all this stuff to do. But at the end of the day, it's only going to get worse at this point. Like Flameheart is is out there. His soul has been freed from his his corpse. And now we're going to see what Duke the Dark Lord decides to do with his endeavors. And I would not be surprised if he starts showing up around the Reaper's hideout. I would not be surprised if he starts having quests for people in the Reaper's bones to go do specifically for the Reaper's bones. And in fact, I would not be surprised if he tries to help facilitate the reaper's bones in acquiring their own version of a tavern a place where he can go and then make his own black market something that he is very proud of so that he can start offering stuff that uh he gets in from time to time at exorbitant prices that for some reason we just we can't go and get at other trade companies so i'm hoping that now that he's out of the tavern that he's away from the outposts that we will finally get a little bit of law and order uh to what's going on with the trade companies to to some of the voyages to try and do something that's going to stop flameheart i don't know what that would entail but i'm happy that this is kind of the first step to getting him out of the tavern i for one never voted to have duke the dark lord in the tavern and i'm really happy that uh as of now he is out of the tavern so glad to see it glad to have lorena she's way more open-minded about what it means to be a free pirate uh than anything that duke the dark lord was pushing on us he constantly just wanted us to do his bidding and we did it because it was in our monetary uh, gain to go do and as a result we've had a lot of havoc uh i, I almost want to blame coconut fever on him but you know that's one of those things like it's hard to trace where that came from but him going out and uh having us do or him having us go out and do all of these things for him who knows what we brought in with all of those dark relics it could have been something that came from those it could have been something from those cargo crates that we were taking out to the sea posts it's really hard to understand you know where the traces lie i could i could build a board on a wall with papers just from this to that with you know pieces of string connected all over the place but i just know in my gut that duke is a bad guy and that we should not trust him and that this is the first step to us trying to get him cut him out of of the equation and maybe if he's out of the equation we can address the real issues which are flameheart which are stitcher jim which are the masked stranger and try and find some way to prevent him from 
opening up the Sea of the Damned and having the Sea of the Damned like a plague wash over the Sea of Thieves, corrupting everything and killing everything in our world, in our in our seas. You know, that's not something I think a lot of people really want. I think a lot of us are trying to uh, trying to keep things the way they are because we enjoy the world so much. We enjoy the islands and the seas and the and the life and and the intricacies of the ancient ones and and trying to find out what's going on with that. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just that's just how I'm seeing things going on right now. So I'm glad that the Bill Drats have their leader back. I'm glad that we're going to be able to see what's going on with that. It's clear that Lorena is giving us the treasure vault voyages in conjunction with the gold hoarders. They're building that trust. They're trying to, to build something that will help reassure us that the treasures that we uh, that the gold hoarders have aren't taken and corrupted by Flameheart because I would not be surprised if Flameheart manages to get his hands on enough of this treasure, especially the chest of the ancient tributes, that we see a return of the gold hoarder. Because as far as I know, Rathbone, he may still be out there. And, you know, Ramses has said it in the past. He knows that when when we we win, sometimes you you push darkness back on the back step you know that they're back on their heels but they're going to return you know as long as there's greed out there uh so trying to get some of this gold away from the vaults and back to the gold hoarders might help keep it out of flameheart's hands so i'm really i'm really hoping that that's the way we go i'm hoping that in the future i'll get a chance to uh to get falcor on the podcast um timing has just been the the main issue right now and i would love to dive into this with him talk more about duke talk more about lorena and flameheart and how things are going and just kind of get a bead on how uh some of the the lore for for our world is is progressing as we kind of open up some of these things we might find some more information out about these uh these these chests of the ancient tribute you know what was that tribute for you know why why were there chests of tribute to what so maybe us finding these will help uncover more information about uh the old mother or the kraken or the mermaids or or heck maybe even the megalodons and what they're doing or what's going on with them uh understanding what the ancients worshipped uh outside of the the different creatures on the on our world uh may help us understand if there's a way that we can prevent Flameheart from trying to take over the seas, trying to take over our life in our in our under as as we understand it, so really excited to see how this plays out uh, in in the coming months. So unfortunately, for the last item on today's docket, it's going to be a bit of a downer because uh, we got some bad news this weekend, and it really it really did break me down. It, I I didn't know how to handle it. I was really upset. Uh, I, I went through all of the stages of grief at that point and I was really bummed out and it was because, uh, Cameron Thomas, one of the community man managers, um, tweeted about his departure from rare. So he wrote out in a tweet, he says, so yesterday was my last day at rare and on sea of thieves. The past five years have been a vibe and easily some of my best. And I've got my colleagues, friends, and the community to thank for that hype to see where you all take things next continue to keep it a hundred percent everyone and thomas thomas was one of the original sea of thieves community managers and is leaving rare for a new adventure and and this is this is so bittersweet for me because on one side i'm really happy for him to take on new opportunities but without him i 
I wouldn't have had as much promotion. I wouldn't have had as much uh, a, a guidance from the company. You know, he's been my main contact for getting onto the Sea of Thieves weekly stream uh, back when that was in October of 2018. Also, getting the spotlight this year in January uh, or no, it was February for the for the the two year anniversary of the podcast and. F- it just the the cosmetic codes he's given me cosmetic codes to give to my community and that that's been a great joy to be able to to have things to give to to the people that are invested in my community and as small as my community is it's one of those things where with him leaving i'm i'm kind of bummed out because he he was the person that helped get things for my community so i'm i'm hoping that some of the other uh, community managers will be available that i can reach out to them if i have any questions or if there's something that's coming down the line that might help people that don't have the biggest discord community to to get into the affiliate program or just become a sea of thieves partner if there's ever going to be support for something other than streaming or youtube um that'd be great so that i can help kind of keep uh my 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 fan base uh fed with with just appreciation for the game you know i'd love to be able to to give them stuff outside of just the podcast and a place to hang out because it's they mean a lot to me but that's kind of focusing on that um cameron cameron is a genuine dude he's one of those salt of the earth guys and you can tell as soon as you start talking to him just how amazing of a person and human being he is and i've really enjoyed having him on the podcast uh that was at the end of last year and i and i want to keep in touch with him i want to know what he's doing and i and i want to make sure that uh, i help support him in whatever he plans to do in the future the the biggest killer for me is just knowing that he he's not going to be lurking in like an official capacity in like the sea of thieves and the Everwild discord servers uh he's not going to be the one posting the insider updates on the forums anymore and uh, it's just it it sucks it really it kills me to think about that it's it's so disheartening like this like I, i've had a lot of the employees leave to do, go do different gigs and stuff and and it and it's always been a, a bummer but it never it never hit me as hard as with Cameron leaving. And I know this is a really personal thing to try and talk about on the podcast, but if if not for Cameron, um, I don't know how much uh, I would have gotten as far as support goes. Um, I, I know there's some great people out there, but he always had an ear uh, available for me. And you know, he was one of the few people that that first followed me back on Twitter and was able to to DM with me and stuff. And I just, I can't thank him enough for, for supporting the podcast as much as he has. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to miss him not being on the Sea of Thieves and the Everwild team. And I just, it's, I, you know, it happens. He's, he spent five years of his career working on the game and working on, on community management. And I just hope that where he lands next is going to treat him well because he totally deserves it and i don't know anyone i don't know anyone that 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 has impacted me um quite as much as he has on a personal level and it's hard to say that because i've had great relationships with with pickaroon with mcfarlane with uh chapman you know there's you know marlo there's so many people you know josh i could name tons of people mcmurtry that 
are awesome. Emma, Daly, um, so many great, great people at the com- at the company. And every time one of them leaves, it's just it, it feels like it feels like an old guard. You know, you're you're an OG. You're there, and they leave, and you're like, man, how many? How many people that I knew, you know, at the beginning of of my introduction of the game, back when I was playing the beta, you know, not even like before, you know, how many people did I did I spend the last couple of years with in communication and watching and, and supporting that are are now onto new projects? And it's just outside of my purview because there's only so much time that I have to be able to focus on everyone's thing. And the beauty of having it all on Sea of Thieves was I got to keep an eye on these folks and and see how their lives progressed and see how their lives grew and and matured and and got to experience what they felt in the same way that I got to feel as we watched this this hatchling of of a game become one in my opinion one of the biggest successes that Microsoft has this generation like Sea of Thieves has been a huge hit and has really hit well with a lot of people. And gripes aside, all of that comes with the caveat that the company itself are some of the greatest people that I've gotten to spend time with online. And it it just it this one hit hard. This one was tough. And I had to I had to message him right away. I had to let him know that I was really upset that he was leaving. And it's like, I, I just can't, I had to take a moment because it, it's, it was so rough, uh, finding this out because it came out of nowhere and it was just, it was a real bummer. I mean, I, I don't know what else I can really say. I've said pretty much everything I think I can, uh, without just repeating myself, but I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he has another opportunity coming and that it was, uh, his choice to do it and that it wasn't something else that happened because if anything has taught me about 2020 it's just expect the worst because it just keeps coming like you know you see you see things going on with other companies and other communities and i'm just like man this is i don't need any more any more bummers <laughs> in 2020 i just want happy happy stories and um i have to take this one on the chin and just you know look at the future and say like it doesn't it it doesn't matter that he's not going to be at rare anymore what matters is that he's going to be somewhere else and that wherever he's at he's doing something that is going to improve his life and i commend him for for taking charge of 2020 and deciding that what happens in 2020 is going to be positive for him because he's he's making that that action he's taking on that 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 chance and it's cool to see him take that risk because he had a good place you know he's got a great place to work he's got a great community he's got a great set of friends and co-workers to spend time with and he's he's risking a lot of that to take up something that will hopefully give him what he wants and what he's driving for um so cameron i hope I hope whatever whatever happens in your future, it works out exactly how you dream it because you deserve it, dude. And I'm going to really miss not having you around in, in the Sea of Thieves community. Um, so expect me in your DMs, dude. 
All right, Pirates. Next up is First Mate's Log. This one comes in from Reese Smith. Thank you. He writes in, he says, hey, I'm emailing you a Sea of Thieves loot high story that you might want to tell in your podcast. He starts off with, I'm playing with my friend and his younger brother on a galleon. We're doing a ghost ship Order of Souls voyage when a skeleton galleon shows up and sinks us. When we respawn, my friend says that we should scuttle to see if we can get any closer to an Ashen Winds that is currently active on Kraken's Fall. We had spawned over at Scurvy Isle next to Old Faithful, and we decided to scuttle again and respawn at Dagger Tooth, and started to head towards the Ashen Winds. It was unfortunately at this moment that my friend's younger brother's laptop ran out of battery at Dagger Tooth, and it was now just me and my friend uh, on the galleon. Between ILS words, however, and Shiver Retreat, we had seen a shipwreck and decided that this would be a good time for us to loot it. You wouldn't believe how much we found inside the shipwreck. There were two gems, a couple of hateful skulls, a shipwreck captain's chest, and a reaper's bounty, plus a stronghold keg. When we finished looting, we noticed the ashen winds was gone. So we set sail to Kraken's Fall, hoping to get whoever the, did the event halfway through loading up the loot. When we got there, I tried to board the grade four emissary for Gold Hoarders brig that had done the Ashen Winds with a stronghold barrel, but they had raised anchor and set sail, so I failed. So I swam back to the ship and started shooting cannons at them, and then they sunk. My friend and I went to the loot and started loading it up, but we were both killed by one of the people that had been on the brig we sunk. I invited another one of my friends, Angry Chicken, to join us and help us out, so he did. Unfortunately, the remaining guy loaded the best loot through they had into a rowboat and got away. But we loaded up the rest of the loot onto our ship and set sail to sell it at the outpost. The brig full of very unhappy kids respawned and started to chase us when we had to drop the reaper's bounty so they couldn't find us and we got to Ancient Spire and sold all the loot. Even though they got away with the bulk of the treasure, we still made 55k for this steal. That's my Sea of Thieves story. P.S. I'm a huge fan and I love your podcast. Well, Reese, thank you for the story. I had been meaning to get to it for a while, and I know the episode's running long today, but I still wanted to, to get it in because it was a good story, and I'm glad that even though you didn't get everything, sometimes it's just fun to go out there and try and get uh, gold from anyone else, especially with a stronghold keg. That's always the best. Reese, thank you so much for sending that in. I appreciate it. And I apologize for mispronouncing your name the first time. All right, Pirates, thank you again for listening to this episode. I did get one uh, review over on iTunes that I found that is a five-star review. Uh, LittleCalf777 writes in and says, I really love this podcast. I have a really fun time listening to this podcast while playing Sea of Thieves and love hearing Sea of Thieves news every week, 10 out of 10. Thank you so much, Little Cap, for writing in your review. Guys, it really, uh, it does help with uh, the discovery. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because when I am uh, searching for Sea of Thieves to find my podcast so that I can check for reviews, I'm right up there with uh, some of the, the best uh, podcasts as far as general news. But there's a couple out there that are just dedicated to Sea of Thieves. And one of them is Rare's, uh, Rare's podcast that they did that they stopped um back in i want to say it was 2018 uh or 2000 yeah i think it was 2018 and mine is up there with them and that's because of your guys's help you guys have helped push the podcast up so that it is 
one of the first r responses for searching for Sea of Thieves. And that's important to me just because I want make, I want to make sure that if people are out there and they can't play the game and they just want to hear Sea of Thieves because they just got into it and they're really loving it or they know that this is the best place for, for podcasting as far as uh, audio content goes for Sea of Thieves, it's because of you guys. You guys are the ones that actually make it awesome. I'm just putting out the episodes. You guys are the ones that are, are downloading it and impacting how many other people actually hit that so thank you so much for for making sure that my podcast is available for other people and that they find out about it because if not for you my podcast would be pretty low on that ratings and it wouldn't impact it so thank you so much i i appreciate everyone that comes on and reviews it it makes a big difference to how many other people do it and only you can impact that you're the guys you guys are the folks that that make that happen so thank you for continuing to do that for me um, other than that, if you want to get a hold of me, there are tons of ways that you can do that. You can reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can write in just like Reese did and send in your story or send in your thoughts uh, at C-A or uh, send in the email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of me on Xbox, you can always send me a message. My gamer tag is in the show notes. It's just Captain Logan, C A P T A I N L O G U N, no spaces, no weird things about it. Uh, or join the Discord. The Discord's a great place to uh, find other people. We're talking about tons of other games, as well as finding crew members for doing some of the vaults that have been going on lately. Uh, hit people up in the the channels, the LFP channels, and, and make sure that people can find other pirates when necessary. Um, other than that, I think that's going to do it, Pirates. Um, I've been co-hosting the Cyberpunk Lorecast uh, podcast recently, and that has been a lot of fun to do. So if you're into Cyberpunk and you want to get some more podcasting from me, uh, head over, look for Cyberpunk Lorecast, and you'll you'll get some more content uh, that's strictly about Cyberpunk through there. Other than that, um, as always, I'm going to be striving to try and get more podcasting in, to try and get more shore leave episodes talking about the industry. Uh, I had a really good discussion last week with Insipid Ghost. We got a chance to talk about Xbox and I just want to find out how much it's going to cost to get a PS5 if and when that thing actually ever gets announced because I will probably get one at the end of lifespan like I did with the PS4. But uh, it'll be interesting. Lots of thoughts on that. And I'm sure you guys have thoughts as well, too. So send me your feedback. Let me know how you thought about uh, what you thought about uh, the, the Vault of Ancients and the Treasure Vaults and, and the um, notes that I didn't even get into this episode. And hopefully I'll have some more uh, lore to talk about in the future, uh, possibly an interview. I got to hit people up about that. I've gone on too long. You've been too kind. Pirates, thank you. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Radio.net.